You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I'm your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, this week, we are uh, diving into... We're going crazy uh, now. Yeah, we're, we're jumping a little ahead because uh, as far as getting a, a real release... What even? Uh, I don't even know what. I don't the, actually don't even know what opened this week. Yeah, the shape. Oh, it was Coco. Sh- yeah, there was really Coco. So we that was really it. We didn't uh, do that one, but uh, we're gonna today. We're gonna do the Shape of Water, which doesn't actually come out till the eighth. So right. uh, we're kind of skipping ahead there. But then also we're gonna cover three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Right. <laughs> because why not have a longer name? Right. That's actually sort of out. I guess yeah, it's, uh, as much as it's going to be, it's yeah, <laughs> it right. had uh, it had kind of a weird release. It released in just a couple of places, then it released in a couple of more places. Right. Yeah, and, uh, you know. Anyway, it's um, but it's getting a lot of. I'm wondering if something else is going to happen with it because now it's weird. all kinds of people are talking about it. Yeah, and 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 that's a really weird movie because for a long time no one cared if you had any idea. It was coming out at all. Right. And then people started talking about it. It got like a tiny release. More people started talking about it. Now everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Now people are talking about like award right. ideas. Francis for McDermott. It. And, and uh, yeah, they were they were kind of talking about it for a little while. Now they're starting to talk about uh, direction right. and some other and you know like yeah. supporting roles and and things like that because people are loving it and so yeah. more people are talking about it. So maybe they'll push it out. Somewhere. It's a strange. I don't know. It's actually like a strange example of like what these films do. It doesn't always have to be like Schindler's List. Like sometimes you release something, get a little buzz going, spread right. it out, spread it out, and then if you time it right. You really do have everybody talking about it just about a week and a half or two weeks before like the holiday, and then that's what you want, right? Like, and then then it takes and over. If it's uh, especially if it's something that's kind of a quirky, yeah, right, almost <clears throat> kind of hard to explain yeah. what it's about, kind of thing. Then you can like intrigue people. You can re- right? yeah, and if it's. Uh, you know, if it's Schindler's List, right? People are kind of either in or they're out. They're, yeah, right. <laughs> and just not because you tell them it's good. I've seen so many ads for it lately. I was telling you yeah, the yeah. other day. Like, I don't know if you've been seeing. You watch more TV oh, yeah. than I do right now. I don't know if you're seeing them. Maybe it's just the, maybe it's just the Ebbing, Missouri channel I'm checking out. But well, and it kind of is. We watch a lot of like home repair and cooking stuff. So those are. Those are, I think, the market for that's the that mi- stuff. That's the Missouri. Market. I think that's the Missouri <laughs> network. That's that's basically the target audience. But I've been seeing like spots left and right for it, and I don't. I didn't look, but I don't know that our theater is going to carry it. No, I d- sometimes I, I doubt it. Sometimes local friends, but also people, uh, friends of friends, will say to me after they hear our show, like, "Where'd you guys see that? I want to go see that." Because <laughs> right. we have a we have an art house cinema about an hour away, and they're always like, "Do you guys drive down there every week?" And I'm like, "No." No, yeah. so uh, not exactly. So this is maybe one that, uh, depending on your review of it, right, and that hopefully people will have a chance. We'll to get, get a to chance it. to but see. I yeah. I suspect <laughs> that they're going to try and do something 
that yeah. that uh, there's enough people talking about it. it's getting enough buzz now that uh, yeah that we'll be doing that next week uh, since we were just talking about it and we'll yeah. clue people in next week we're going to uh, be covering at least we'll do Lady Bird which has been out for a while now but right. we might as well catch up with it now yeah. that it's Rotten Tomatoes best rated movie is of it? all time is it really yeah. wow that's interesting and um. But also, uh, it, wow. Wonder Wheel comes out next week, and we will probably get to a couple other things that maybe we need to catch up some more on. Yeah. Uh, and once again, there's not really news, except <laughs> that there's even more news that I don't want to talk about. Right. Which, I mean, is this is just going to become a running gag. Like, how yeah. long will this go on? Oh, there now must it's be even, some news. Now it's even tearing apart Pixar and that. Uh, uh, yeah, that depresses me. That bums me out. Um, but we have two movies that I could talk about for a while. And the only real news, because there's no news. Right. I don't see any news either. There's uh, there's political news. Yeah. And there's news I don't want to talk about. <coughs> All right. That's no news. The news. Uh, the news there is, is that The Walking Dead yeah. uh, has now achieved its lowest rating since 2011. Yep. So people are bailing on The Walking Dead in a big way. And that was the week before this Sunday's episode. Right. I have a feeling once we tally <laughs> we got a new low, up, new low. We'll, we'll get yeah. a we'll get another low. And man, the show's just getting kind of I think it's going to I think it'll I think it'll rebound. I think a lot of the Negan stuff and the the pacing of the story though in the comic well didn't serve the TV show. And yeah. Anyway, uh, one way or another, The Walking Dead is losing people. But yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's interesting because it doesn't seem like less people are talking about it. Everybody is really. I don't know right. if uh, we're just paying off a lot of news outlets and <laughs> right. blogs and online sources, whatever. But it just seems like there aren't really less people like hyping it and talking about it. Right. But anyway, you uh, gave up on it a while ago, right? You were ever, and ever you were. You weren't really, really I'm into it. Your wife super, was more into it I'm than you, right? I'm not super interested in it anymore, basically yeah. because <laughs> of the exact reason uh, that it, it's going, I, I think it's really going wrong yeah. this season. Because, you know, they've got like three episodes worth of story they want to tell. Yeah, right. And they're right. taking and a season to do it. Yeah. You know, and it's... Yeah. And uh, plus, I'm just kind of waiting for... Uh, Negan to be over. Right? right. Like Right. I mean, uh if you read all the comics and stuff, you, you know, know Negan really ends and everyone should know what's coming. Right. I, I would think. If you had any interest in knowing what's coming, right. unless you're just desperate to not know or yeah. whatever. But anyway, <clears throat> I just think it's weird that uh they just they stretch everything. It's out a so strange long. thing when when people become fans of something they see in a film or on TV, they usually go for the source material. And I'm actually, because you just said something that reminded me, I'm stunned at how many people, it's pretty easy to get these, you know, you can go to like your local Borders or Barnes and Noble. They have these huge collections of the comics and you can buy them or read them right there. Right. And like the stuff that just two weeks ago happened with the king, with Ezekiel and Shiva, people were stunned. And I'm like, right. I don't know why you're stunned. That's in the book. <laughs> right, like, it's not right. that hard to see coming. So yeah. and it's, it's just a, a weird thing. I like, think they TV, like being TV surprised. TV Guide even had a thing. I think it was today or yesterday that was talking about how The Walking Dead is recycling 
yeah so much of its own stuff <laughs> yeah that it's becoming really odd self-derivative like it's, it's yeah really right. really weird anyway um the <laughs> other news i thought was interesting because i hate james cameron <laughs> is that uh he, he makes he good was, movies he was in an interview what he makes good movies <laughs> he, makes he was good in movies. an interview uh, and was talking about titanic again yeah and it was really funny. I thought it was hilarious because he, <laughs> uh, I don't know what the the pressure that became became a part of this dialogue or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, everyone keeps talking about the door, right? Like, there's room on the door for Jack mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. whatever. And he, so there's this new interview, and uh, you know, he he has consistently said, "Nah." Right. <laughs> right. Right. There is no room on the door. Right. And apparently, not too long ago, somebody <laughs> apparently proved right. that he could have been like on a, the door. Like or a Mythbuster or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but now <laughs> he said, he's, he's in this interview and he said, <laughs> uh, you know, Jack died because it was on the, it was in the script. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, because right. he had to die. <laughs> Right. And it doesn't matter if he fits on the door or if, you know, something fell on him right. as the ship is sinking or whatever. He had to die. And if he doesn't die, like, the story doesn't make sense. And the right. end of the movie after that doesn't make any sense because that's what the story is about <laughs> is the fact that he died. Right. So he died because he died. And people in movies don't die for physics reasons. They right. die for artistic reasons of telling the story. Right. And I'm like, you know... If 20 years ago he would have said he died because he's supposed to die. Right. Right. <laughs> would any of this matter? Like, okay, that's an interesting version of the story. But for 20 years you've been saying no because right. there's no room on the door. Right. And now right. all of a sudden there – as everyone – New, right, right. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't James Cameron, and it doesn't even matter that if, whether he fits on the door or not. He's surrounded by other shit he could have grabbed. Right, there were and, other doors. I mean, it's not like yeah. people didn't die on the Titanic, right? But right. people didn't die on the Titanic because they were like, "I'm not going to hold on to this." Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> I mean, right. Exactly. Anyway, uh, but I just thought that was funny. But then at the same time, there is now he. <laughs> He said, like, the strangest thing I thought I gotta go look that at this. people are quoting about the Avatar movies because oh, now all of a sudden this. he's got this quote that he said there may not be a four and five mm. if two and three, like, he said, if two and three really bomb, yeah, then there won't be a four and five. Right. And I'm like, well, I mean, Just, does the sun come up in the morning? Right, like, thanks, right. Captain Obvious. Why would right. he say that? Like, yeah, I don't why know. is that a thing to say? Not that he's, you know, not got enough of his own money, I'm sure, invested in the whole he, shebang yeah. and everything because he wants to make all the money back or whatever. Right, right. But who needs to say that? Like, how is that? He I, might I, just I be wanting people to beg him. it came from or I whatever. love yeah. it when James Cameron, James Cameron's. Like, oh, yeah. I love it when he becomes this guy. Because that thing, that thing about, <laughs> that thing about Titanic, if, you know, if Tarantino had said it, if Guillermo del Toro had said it, Spielberg had said it, eh, okay, whatever. But the moment James Cameron says it, it's a, di- it's the messenger. <laughs> right. It's not it's, the message anymore. It's a different thing. It's, it's, he is, but, his tone is always just mansplaining. It, I love what's it. What's funny about it, I think, It's is, a riot. You know, if Steven Spielberg or Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. 
had people at the beginning, <laughs> yeah. uh, like at, when people first started asking this question right. or talking about this, you know, yeah. if, if it would have been one of those directors and people would have said, look, he could fit on that door. Why right. didn't he climb up on that door? You know, Spielberg or Tarantino or anybody like that, they'd go, well, you know, it could be that. Uh, sure. We kind of made the door too big and the prop right. thing, and right. because of this and this, and you know whatever they said. I mean, fine, he probably could have fit on the right. door, but the idea we had was that he can't right. fit on the door. Right. You know, movie magic, whatever. Yep. But James Cameron just goes, he doubles no, he down, couldn't. doubles down. <laughs> couldn't have done it. Door wasn't that big. Yep, he wasn't that strong. Ne- never would, never would have happened. Yeah, the fun way they would have been like, you see, I've never used a door in another movie, right? right. Like I learned my door lesson, you know, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it didn't really ever work that way. But I love that James Cameron just uh, he just triples down and is like, "Let me tell you what you don't know right. about doors." <laughs> right, I floated exactly. a lot of doors in the water. How many right. doors have you been in? You know, and he'd be like, "Look, he got me there," but it just I doesn't lo- seem. Yeah, for twenty years he's been going. Look, I have a doctorate <laughs> in door floating, he's so and <laughs> he's so sick and there's of people no asking way. Him. Yeah, and then now he suddenly goes. Well, but it's not about the door. Dude, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, he's in like some store and somebody next to him, like, you think two people could fit in this cart? You know, you know, he's harassed <laughs> yeah. everywhere. As well, he should be. I hope James Cameron and doesn't see, have even a two seater. I hope he has just like a yeah, one seater car. Just, and you it's know? just like you said, if it was some other director, it would be easy. They would have had a totally yep. different response. It would have been over. It would have been done instantly. Yeah. No one would have kept talking. <laughs> this about is it. a new interview. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. But as soon as, soon as he says <laughs> <I> no, <laughs> he couldn't fit on the door. Right. That right. everybody goes. Yeah. Wait, what now? And th- there's people in their backyard pools with doors. And <laughs> I love it. I love it. They're finding out exactly what door it was so yeah. that they could recreate the whatever. Yeah, that alone should tell James Cameron. If I were there, I'd say, you know, sir, look, I think you'll have Avatar 9 and 10. If after 20 years you if, got people obsessed about a really door, want, yeah. I think you've got the ability to make these I, movies the I, way you get. I wonder. Um, That's so weird. Not that this is anything that we need to talk about. <laughs> this is the best I news. I wonder if Avatar is uh, is not old enough that when the second one comes out, it might actually have problems. It's yeah, I know gonna, what you mean. It's going to get... It's 2007? It's going to get a bunch of money, right? Right, right. It's going to get a bunch of money because people are just going to say, I got to find out what this is. Yeah, 2009. Uh, it could turn out to be garbage and then three will be in trouble, right? Right. But the second one's going to make money. But I wonder if it's not going to suffer from it being so long ago because you know speaking of titanic right. it's kind of like titanic yeah titanic is a stupid movie <laughs> and yeah it made a lot of money right yeah but you know so did the spice girls but i don't mm-hmm. see anybody trying to sell me on the spice girls now andrea will do it <laughs> i know somebody that'll do nobody's, it right away nobody's listening to the spice girls because it was stupid it's like the pet rock of movies it's you're like- gonna come back <laughs> It's yeah. It's not it's not something that people are all wild about now. And you know, it for me doesn't really hold up very well either. Oh, it's I haven't seen it. When's the last time you saw it's Titanic? A lot better in your memory. Well, that's the theme couple, of the film. A couple of years ago. Did you really? Oh wow. I haven't seen geez, I haven't seen Titanic in since you saw it in the No, I mean I saw it was like once it came out in the theaters in like ninety seven or whatever, I mean it was everywhere that it was resurged on back back when video yeah, was yeah. still lit. I mean, God, maybe 10 or 12 years. I don't think yeah. I've seen it. I mean, it's on TV, but I don't 
it doesn't have yeah. the gravity that Jaws or Star Wars does right, when I see it. When I it's sit on down. TV and you see it on TV, right. you go, yeah. yeah. You're like, <laughs> just is he? like when the Spice Girls are <laughs> right. on the radio. You don't sit and listen to it, you change it. I think you protest anyway, the Spice Girls uh, too much. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I, I think it will just be interesting because Maybe. now it's been so long. It might be. Since Avatar came out. And I didn't love Avatar either. It was okay. It was okay. It was okay. But it was, you know, yeah. Going back to avatars a long time from uh, a long time ago, but it's just like <laughs> Dances with the Wolves with aliens. It wasn't that fantastic, and it had the you know, I don't know the stupidonium metal or whatever <laughs> the hell. It was it was really goofy in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and it just looked fantastic, right? And everyone, wow, look at what that looks it like. It did just like Titanic, right? But Right, you know, ten years later, that wears off. I it's so seen weird. Other things. It's so weird <laughs> that know. the 3D resurgence is like all from Avatar. Like, remember how crazy yeah, that yeah, became? Yeah, yeah. And you're right because, like the story or not, performances are fine. But it really was the visual that drove that. And then everything was in 3D. Yeah. And then they dialed it back a little. But I mean, it's really weird that it came just from that. Yeah. Contemporarily. Right. Anyway, we got to get to movies, and uh, we should do a weekly James Cameron ha- thing. Enough people. That's who so love fun. Titanic have already tuned out. <laughs> I hope anyway, they email so, you. Uh, first, let's do the billboards. Um, oh right, I gotta three billboards down. outside Ebbing, Missouri. So uh, the movie is Francis McDormand, uh, Woody Harrelson's in it, uh, Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell's in it. Um, Francis McDormand plays a woman whose daughter was murdered. And she lives in Ebbing, Missouri, which is not the biggest town with the biggest police force in the universe. Uh, And the police have, in her mind, really done nothing, not followed up on the case, not done enough. And uh, uh, kind of as a lark, as she's driving along one day, she sees these billboards that are on a a road that it's like, you know, the new highway came in and now nobody really uses this road the way that they used to. Like when you see this road, you would be surprised there were billboards there in the first place because no one uses this road. Yeah. Um, But it's only because (laughs) now since the highway, nobody uses it anymore. Anyway, so they're just sitting there and clearly nothing has been on them forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she's thinking... (laughs) How much could that cost? Right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So she rents out these billboards, basically just to stick it to the cops, right? And kind of try to draw some attention. Yeah. Woody Harrelson is the sheriff, chief, chief of police, yep. whatever, and Sam Rockwell is <laughs> a cop who is a little psycho. Yeah. <laughs> For and. I guess there's lots of various ways you could look at him, but he has a lot of problems. Uh, one of them, <laughs> yeah. you know, just being a redneck too. Right. Um, and <laughs> living with his mom, who's like the poster child for all sorts of things right, you don't want right. to be a poster child for. Yeah. <laughs> and no one's happy about her doing it. Um, the The chief of police is actually... A, a much beloved member of the community. Everyone actually likes, likes him a lot. Him. Yeah. He, he does a good job, really. It's yeah. just that... Uh, Not to her satisfaction it, this right. time. And, and there's yeah. 
not much he could do. Right. He even kind of comes out, you know, everyone gets really pissed. Sam Rockwell obviously gets really pissed because he's got an excuse to get really pissed and that's all you need. Right. But uh, the chief of police, Woody Harrelson, he actually, you know, even comes to her and goes, you know, look, I get, right. I get it even. Right. But what can I do? And, yeah. you know, and then he actually tries to look at the case more. And he's yeah. Like, right. What, what, what can I do? And uh, he's uh, dying of cancer and everyone knows, but he sort of thinks that maybe n- everyone doesn't know. Right. But everyone actually knows. Yeah. Uh, and, and basically hilarity ensues. And, right. And it's just. Right. It's just what follows. It's it's almost like the movie, the script anyway, the story of it is almost like uh, like an exercise, like from a writing class. Yeah. Uh, where. Somebody says, okay, this lady does this. Here are some people. Go. What happens? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not. It's like it, a writing prompt, and then you just yeah, you take it off. It's not yeah. necessarily. The movie never gets to the point, I think, where it reveals the fantastic point that it was trying to deliver the whole time. Like, right. somebody started writing and said, I want to make this point. I'm going to try and make a story right. to make that possible. It's just one of those. Here's this screwy thing. Here are these characters. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's let's like turn the microscope on this fishbowl and yeah. see where we end up. Uh, and uh, all right, so that's enough uh, babbling about the movie. Um, I gave it an eight. I was a little off on you. Yeah. Oh, you were a little off. I was. I thought you liked it a little better than you did. Uh, you know, I did. And then... Uh, I wonder if I, we're going to say I the same thing. I liked a lot of stuff about the movie, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then there were a few things that really kind of uh, pulled me down just a little bit. Um, because I don't, I don't think it was ever going to be 10. I don't think it was ever going to be... A ten for me, mm-hmm. no matter what it did. Yeah, but uh, there were some things that pulled me away from it a bit, um, and one of them was, I think, the oversimplification of a lot of things, and another one was the time and pacing of a lot of parts of the movie. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, but I gave it an eight. It's really, really good. It's a it's a strong. Um, this will be. Like for many people who listen, we'll we'll probably rate this pretty high because I'm at eight and a half, and we'll spend the next thirty minutes just tearing on it, you know, <laughs> because it's it's weird. I was watching it, and I thought there was one point fairly early on. I mean, it's a two hour, it's an hour and fifty five minute film. There's a lot of room to explore a lot of different things in this small town that refuses and it opens to have the door for them. All it does, too. and yeah. it and it actually in it in it. I won't say it unfairly suggests that you're going to go down certain roads. I'm not using the puns of all the roads, but certain avenues of the story. But it, it does kind of hint that maybe we're going to figure out things that you don't get at all in the story. Right, right. And I'm okay with that. I didn't I didn't detract from that. Um, but it refuses to get any bigger than it establishes very early on. It's really just about like four or five people and something in this small town of like a few, maybe a couple thousand, I guess. Right. Like, And I like that. But there was a time... 20 minutes in where I thought if this keeps going, maybe 30 minutes in, I'm like, if it keeps getting to the character development like this, it will be like a less um, heavily hearted um, Manchester by the sea, you know, because right. it had like that idea that this is this year's Manchester. And then when it didn't do it, I was both relieved 
and not disappointed, but kind of like, oh, that's that would have been an interesting film too. But but kind of disappointed. For me, the incredible strength, yeah, a little bit. The, the incredible strengths here all start with Frances McDormand. Like the stuff that she does um, in the times where she doesn't have to do much, like what you've said before, sometimes when you don't have to do anything and you have to make it look like you're not doing anything, that's the hardest thing in the world. Right. Somebody's fidgety. Right. There are there, there are these moments where you see the weight of her life and her choices and her regrets truly like just in her eyes. Yeah. And she's having a conversation with somebody and she becomes so ignited and fiery. And then in the next scene when she's like with her ex-husband, you see her get just absolute dead doll eyes right. because of the relationship that they've had. And and that's not an easy thing to do. And that's not why I gave it an eight and a half. And it's not why I didn't love it anymore. It's really strange. I can I can almost pinpoint the whole thing that I didn't love about the film is actually one of the best things that I did love about the film. It's Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Sam Rockwell as a character is so integral to a certain avenue of the film, but then you get boxed in a corner here. The guy, Martin McDonough, who wrote and directed it, he created something so early with Sam Rockwell's character, Dixon, that became a big problem later. Not yeah. because not because he's like the cowardly lion that gets the medal at the end of the Wizard of Oz and, you know, gets kind of courageous and stuff, but a little. But he's not the same guy right. after a couple, you know, mishaps that he's been the whole film. And and that's a big problem of reconciliation because the film tries to be very straight. It's not a fanciful right. thing. There's no Jedi mind trick. I didn't... I, and, 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 and I liked and, both and, of his characters. And, I like the guy he is at the end. It doesn't end. really give you why he got why. there. Why? It kind it of just, gives it you... It gives you a thing that could... If, if the thing that happens to him, the letter that he gets, if that could turn anybody, then this guy should have been writing letters to everybody in the world. Right. He could have fixed <laughs> right. Manson, you right. know? But the fact that he changes so much so quickly... In such a short amount of time over something that I guess is kind of consequential to him, it, it's a weird detraction of the film yeah, for me yeah. because the, the end of the film actually depends very much on him. It, it, and it, I stopped believing really, in the movie. It really is. And and I think what the movie needed, even though I don't know that we could have made it work, but what the movie needed was there's a certain point in the movie where we're actually kind of done. Yeah. Right? And what it needed was to either be done mm-hmm. or to have something like six months later. Right. Right. And then we and then we see him do a couple of things. Yeah. And then he like finds the thing he finds. Right. right. And then we get We're in, dancing and, around and, what and happens. Then we, but and then we get into that yeah, thing. I agree. Because he is so rock solidly the person that he is. Yeah. That you don't just like flip a switch. I don't care what switch you're flipping. It doesn't. Right. You don't just unless he gets put on some medicine you, that's real you good. Like turn, you don't yeah, do yeah. that, and I he mean, doesn't. Right. He really he's, just has like a. He goes through a door and has a change of heart. Right. You know, and that's not the way that works. And and he does it in a way that fits with the character. He does. Like it he, seems like where right. the character would end up. Yeah. We just don't actually get. You know the steps to getting there. So the, the interesting thing for me is, is um, this doesn't necessarily spoil anything really. I don't think, but when Woody Harrelson's character leaves the story 
and then there's a replacement chief that comes in. That's when his character, that's when Sam Rockwell's character does an incredibly stupid thing that is both his character and right. is in the plot of the film where you're like, well, now you don't just get to get fired. Right. Like you're going to prison. And right. when you get out of prison, and, all you have to do is get him no, out of prison. And, and we've established no pays attention to it. Right. But, and I'm like, even this guy who's like an FBI trained or police academy trained guy who's real serious about this stuff that comes in to fix everything, he's going to lock you up for three to six months. When you get out, that's enough time where I still believe she's grieving and still angry. You've already said the billboards are paid through the end of the year, so I know that they're still... Like, that's such an easy fix. And I believe he would have rehabilitated a bit, you know, but they right. didn't do that. He basically spends, like, a weekend feeling sorry for himself and then becomes a different person. <laughs> right, right. That's so he, weird to not, me. It's not like he becomes, you know, like Superman not entire, or, right, right. you know, whatever. He's not Gandhi now. Right. Uh, he's still he's, struggling with the guy he used still, to be. He's still a yeah. little... Right, a, a little kooky, right? Yeah, but, but yeah, and and the thing is that the the movie is so dependent on like really the last line. Yeah, yep. Like the last little exchange that they have. Yeah, that it it really wants to have that. Yeah, and then go see what happens or whatever, it, and then yeah. kind of like right. raise it, mic drop, whatever. The, right, <laughs> you right. Know. But it it just doesn't completely get there, and I think that. There are other problems I had with the movie that feel sort of related. Yeah. And uh, another one is uh, her son. Yeah. Who is, you know, obviously struggling with the death of his sister and the whole, he's got his own issues as a result of that. And he's got his own issues as a result of the fact that mom is, you know, sort of gone in her own way of grieving and everything. But he he seemed to me like he only existed in the story as a billboard, like as a yeah, as needed thing that we can yeah. point to every once in a while because we want to <laughs> say this thing now. Right. Or we want to, you know, stick this in your face now. Or uh, you know, if if she didn't have a son, then we couldn't have uh anyone who had to go to school right with right, the right. you know drama that she's now causing in the town yeah which is going to spill down to the high school and everybody knows <laughs> about stuff and he just seemed like uh, a shortcut for a lot of things in sort of the same way that yeah. Sam Rockwell's transformation <laughs> right. is you know just really shortcut version of yeah. it and we didn't ultimately get anywhere with the son we didn't do anything with him he just he serves as a foil right right? he's a foil for her to not make the same mistake she made with her daughter but like and i get it didn't really get get it he's just like there when needed the chance to be a character right and when we need to ground her and prove that she's not like spiraling into suicidal you know thoughts right. because of she's got a kid to take care of and he exists like one of the most touching scenes is actually with him you know it's kind of a weird throwaway scene um when they're eating breakfast and she flips cereal at him right you know she's trying to get out of the funk back to the life that they had and he's just like i can't believe you would even do that you know <laughs> right, right. which is probably what teenagers do to their it's, parents you know, you know. It, it's <clears throat> It's a good scene, although I feel like it came off a little weird. It does feel weird. Because, and 
I think maybe for sort of the same reason as the whole Sam Rockwell thing, too, because I didn't really get to a point where I thought she was would do that. Mm -hmm. Like, I get her doing that. I get what you're trying to tell me, but I don't know that that's her. I don't know that I believe that that's yeah. something that she does. Yeah. But it was a it was a cool scene in a way just for, you know, like parents dealing with their kids and right. parents going, I'll try this. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. Wow, that didn't work. <laughs> right. And then, <laughs> right. And the kid is like, you are so <laughs> immature. And you're like, right. yeah. You know what's really funny, though? They're, about the last time I thought that the film could become, well, and it's really weird that because that kid was in Manchester by the Sea, uh, Lucas Hedges. I wonder if he's going to be like, in the sad, heavy, you know, suicidal rape kill film every right. Christmas, but he's in he's in like everything. He's in all kinds of stuff. There was there's this scene earlier on in the film. I don't know if you liked it or not. I I was actually strangely surprised by it. Um, there's a scene earlier in the film, not not terribly early, but maybe uh, maybe maybe it's 25 minutes in or so. It doesn't doesn't matter how far in it is. It's um, Woody Harrelson brings her in. And he's talking to her about um, this this problem that she had with a dentist, and which is actually funny on its own side. But they're going through all this stuff, and it's known, like you said earlier, it's known that he's sick. He's got cancer, and it's the worst-kept secret in this small town. And while they're going back and forth at each other, he coughs on her and, sp- and sprays her with blood. And the whole scene stops. Oh, he right, right. He immediately apologizes. He is aghast. And she is so stunned. And when she stands up, because he's kind of, you know, trying to collect himself, it's a weirdly haunting line that shows both her character and his. She stands up and he's like, I I didn't mean to. And she goes, I know, baby. (laughs) Like, and she's not condescending. She is genuinely motherly. She's like, she went right into a mother role. And it was amazing because they're they're at each other's throats kind of playfully. But... In this one instant, when everything becomes clear about what's happening between them, she takes care of him. Right. And like, that's the, I like, I'm watching it it and I wasn't ready for it. I was like, holy shit, this scene turned on a dime and I love it. Yeah. That's when I thought the film would be a 10. Yeah. It was, that was the last moment. It was really, really great. It was so amazing and carefree. It's, it's just uh, one little hint at a lot of why it is an eight in the first place. Mm And yeah. it's one of the greatest things about the film is their relationship. Their relationship is so great. Every, when he comes to her house, time, every like time you said, together. his explanation of that whole thing where he's like, like what you said, he's like, I get it, but this is what I know. This is what I don't know. This is what I can't do. What do you want? Right. You know, and his, his, and his she, reply and to her. like, take blood from everyone in the country. I, I, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious because he's like, okay, what if he's passing through, you know? Than the world. And he's like, you know, look, I'm not saying it was <laughs> right. a Martian, but then where are we going with this? Become omnipotent. Like he right. shows in this great thing. That's a, I love that scene too. Cause it shows how, how at like your wits end you can be with something you have absolutely no control over. And they're on both sides of it. Like right. she can't control right. what happened to her kid and she wants to burn the world down. And he's like, I, I want to catch this guy, but I don't know how to do it. Right. And, you you get the sense like never have there been in this small town two people at total odds on the same side of anything and then I'm like that's probably everything in that town right everybody I you and, know for and, so long and their I loved relationship it. back and forth too is like you get the idea that at some point it was pre her daughter being killed yeah they right still lived they in still, this small town yeah. 
you know, he's still Andy Griffith. Right, yeah. And it's still that kind of town and everything. And they had some sort of relationship. I mean, just in the sense that they knew each other, not that they, like, had a relationship. But they knew each other. They were friendly. Mm -hmm. They are still those people. Yeah. Just now they're in this situation where they're at odds with each other. Yeah. And that totally comes through every time they talk to each other. And that is impressive yeah yeah to say the least all those things seem very easy to do and maybe even are easy to write down but it's not easy to convey you know i mean that's a hell of a team i whenever i see them in films i don't see Frances mcdormand that much but when i see her in something i'm always like so hungry to see more of her and lately though i've seen woody harrelson do a bunch of stuff uh, i don't know if a bunch of stuff is really uh really fair but seeing him do more work lately has really just made me have an appetite for him to be in more things as much as possible. Like he's so good in this and, and his, his effect on the story after he sees his horses like midway through the film is kind of cliche. And I thought, Oh no, people are going to read these letters and I'll be damned if they weren't like awesome. Like that, those Uh, scenes where the characters get letters and read them is, is amazing. And they're all very different. So, It's a weirdly thoughtful film, you know? It's really strange. Uh, You know what's weird? I told you um, that I want to go find it, too. It almost felt like one of those mashups where they make The Shining into a romantic comedy. The first trailer I saw for this film made it look like, uh, I told you, it made it look like Logan Lucky. Like, it made it look so much on the comedy and the quirkiness of it. Right. And when I'm watching this film, I'm like, this this isn't funny at all. Holy crap, this is sad. Throwing out like the weird lines and there's certain parts like the the priest comes over to her house. Yeah. Like it made it seem like that was the movie. Like that kind of stuff was the movie. And it was just a little more uh, maybe like kind of screwball. Yeah. Like dark comedy kind of thing or something i am so this is just like a weird transition not not to force it because i know we'll talk about the shape of water i watched these films back to back and the priest the guy he's in the shape of water (laughs) and i mean he's in it he plays a general and i'm watching that and he's kind of near the end of it so as soon as that started and i started watching the next one i went jesus christ this guy's in every freaking movie all of a sudden and lucas hedges is in ladybird oh really oh that's funny that's (laughs) funny all right everything yeah there are only 15 actors right. in the world, and <laughs> right. we've got you know James Cameron will put them to all make, in Avatar so. three. So anyway, yeah. no, I, I I absolutely when I finished watching this, I I thought, what a really interesting, fun story, driven by amazing actors doing incredible performances, with a weirdly faulty script that right. I think could have been fixed to get me. To like nine, nine and a half. Right. You know, maybe 10 if it, I mean, it doesn't have to be locked tight because I've loved films that were faulted. And it reminded me too when I watched this and uh, uh, because it's the same guy who did Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, right. It reminded me of that movie, even though I like this one a lot more than I did. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, it, it just made me think back to watching Seven Psychopaths and I had kind of the same thoughts though. I'm like, this should be so many things right, yeah. But I just can't give it, you know, all the way. I think Seven Psychopaths I only probably gave like five or yeah. I was gonna say I remember being like 
because it was kind of meh at yeah. the end of the day. Started great, but I had a lot of things yeah. I liked about it too, yeah. and uh, I liked the I liked the writing in general. I liked right. the theories, and this one, same same thing, but put yeah. that on. Uh, you got a lot better. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, You've definitely improved. And so now it's like an eight. But uh, definitely go check this out if you have a chance. Yeah. And if this kind of thing is anything you like. But right. uh, all three of the main people in the movie yeah. are fantastic. And, yeah. you know, like you were saying with uh, Frances McDormand, she's got a way of just delivering this character that is, uh, you know, people are talking about her for like best actress and stuff. Yeah. But generally, <laughs> this is a role where the actor or actress would really kind of get overlooked. Yeah. Because what she's doing that's hard doesn't seem that hard. It, yeah. re- it reminded me watching this movie too of Mr. Holmes. Um, yeah. Because yeah. the stuff that you do that's incredibly hard to do just doesn't seem that hard to do right. because it's just doing you know, it. You're being you know? regular. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you're right. just, yeah. Like you're just sitting there or you're just eating your Wheaties or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But you're doing the things exactly like that character. Right. And it's, it's really, impressive. I was really blown away with her and, and her, like, I don't, I don't know. Like in a in a strange way, this is a weird thing to have fixated on. I I know someone who lost a kid, and I remember how they used to look, and I remember how they look now. They look like her, right. like the look in her eyes. Like it's not about like not smiling, like look sad. You know right. that's not enough. Like there's a weird, distant, like thousand yard stare in her eyes that this person that I know also had, and I was like, my God, I don't I don't know if she ever did or didn't or if she's just acting how do you do that you know i mean i guess she's really acting but then watching like all these things happen in her eyes i was just like in in the back of my mind i knew you had said um when we talked about it briefly that there's a lot of talk for her for an award and i thought yeah that that would do it right you know i'm not i'm not gonna see this film and now having seen it just look at it and be like i don't know what people are talking about like i get it i get it it's really great all right, so uh, definitely go check that out. Um, now, The Shape of Water. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's Guillermo del Toro. Right. And it is a really hard movie to describe. Uh, it kind of is. It, it, it's a Guillermo it, del Toro it, film. It builds, you know? it builds itself as like a fairy tale. Yeah. And it takes place... I don't even know. It's like the 40s. It's or the something? 60s. Yeah. Is it the 60s? Yeah, yeah. it's like it's, early 60s. Because there's a lot of you race don't stuff going really on. You don't really see anything except inside this factory <laughs> and yeah. the apartment where she lives. Right. And then you do see some outside little things, but not much. Yeah. Here and there. But the vast majority of the movie is inside this weird government warehouse yeah. where they have labs and you know, crazy, whatever the hell they it's do. It's really weird there. And it's about the cleaning lady and the creature that they have captured and are studying in this weird facility. Yeah. That it doesn't exactly look like the 60s. It looks, it, it looks, you know, like weird steampunk right. r- version of something. Right. It's, it's like you you took a real place in the '60s and then you you know 
Guillermo del Toro did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And it's right. got, uh, right. you know, it's got more pipes than <laughs> than it actually needs. <laughs> right. And it's got yeah. more uh, like steam and gizmos and right. lights and stuff that sure. actually make any sense <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and that's where you are all the time, is right? In there, or uh, she, the woman in question, who is a deaf uh, cleaning lady. She's right? a mute. She, she she can hear. Oh no! Yeah, right, she right. can. She's hear. mute. Yeah. Um, and she lives above the Orpheum Theater. Yep. In the weird tiny apartments like in the rafters. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Um, and so you see inside of there. Right. And, and that's it. And and anyway, the whole story is How do they very <laughs> fairy tale esque. Yeah. Right. Um, and she discovers this creature as they're bringing it in. Right. And Michael Shannon is the, <laughs> I, I don't know, weird Nazi guy who. Yeah, he's like things. the over. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I don't. I don't know that we ever get a clear picture of his story. Mm-hmm. What he might be at, like as a job that he was there to get this creature because yeah. he says he was right, and what that means for him being in the place he is now, <laughs> right. or why he would be, yeah. or whatever. It's like he's this uh, weird, like. I don't know, like an amalgam of like, you know, like SEAL Team 6 yeah. and an, like an accountant right. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he's a very strange guy and he likes his candy. Um, but it is uh, one of the reasons that I liked it a lot. Oh. Was that. Hint. Well, but I might have reasons that I didn't like it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, was that it is very fairy tale esque in a very specific uh, way. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, people don't tell fairy tales anymore. No. People don't make movies they just that are fairy them. tales yeah, anymore. Right. Except every once in a while, and then you usually get something that's really cool because right. why bother? Right. <laughs> if right. you're not going to really do something good. But this is like a fairy tale, like, you know, the original unabridged yeah, Grimm's, Grimm's Brothers Gr- yeah, fairy right. tales. And, you know, those stories are whack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they the are. The real ones, the un- unedited. They are, like, yeah. they are crazy. Yeah. And you can hardly believe, if you read the original versions, that anybody ever read them again. Right. Or that they became the basis right. for, like, everything. Right? Yeah. This has that kind of feeling. It's crazy, and it's uh, it's obviously sort of you know science fictiony and whatever. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I won't just uh, describe it forever before I get get my ratings. At the end of the day, I had like a load of problems with it. Yeah, and uh, I give uh-oh. it a uh, six and a half. Oh God, that's much lower than I thought you were going to give it. Wow, that's horrible. <laughs> I that, actually I had you up at not, nine. It's not that you horrible. know. I had you up at nine. Um, I got to change because you real gave quick. it a ten. You thought I was going to give it a ten. No, I, I didn't. I love, <laughs> I love Guillermo del Toro's stuff. I didn't like his last one at all, Crimson Peak, which was this right. weird, very very del Toro ish kind of film. But it didn't feel like it was his, or if it's his, it. You know, he, I feel like he was in a weird, dark place for it. Um, 
I liked a lot of this movie. I liked a lot of it for a long time, but then there were things that just started eroding away a little for me as well. I, I gave it an eight. I still had so much fun with it. Part of it was the aesthetic. Part of it was... Stop. <laughs> part of it was the the acting. I, I really liked the performances, even though some of them are painted with big kind of caricature brushes. Um, I really liked Sally Hawkins, and it was fun seeing... Um, seeing her and her, have her do the things that she needed to do to push the story along, but um, you know, I I guess there I guess there are things that if it had been in a in a strange way, if it had been a little bit more condensed and a little bit more effective in its storytelling, because when it starts to really lose me, yeah, that's uh, is once I had a huge problem too with just how long it was, yeah, and how much how much happened in it. That was just completely filler. extraneous. It was real filler. Yeah. Like I get that. In in some ways, if anybody, if anybody would compare this to something, it felt very much like watching Ron Howard's Splash through steampunk glasses. Like in in a way, it really is. It's just the roles are reversed. And once they bring the uh, the creature, once they break that that guy that thing out, there's there's a certain story that they've set up that they have to fulfill, which is so weirdly unnecessary. Like they got to wait four or five days. Right. And it's in that filler that I don't believe the story anymore. Right. Like I believe what you want to have happen happens, but it could have happened in a couple days. And if it had happened quicker, Strickland, who's uh, Michael Shannon uh, and Michael Shannon doing Michael Shannon, you know, the bug eyed, crazy psychopath, right, you know, right. um, when he has to find the creature um, and he's got the amount of time that he has, there's no way he doesn't find them and get to the, you know, well, the end of the film. Especially with what they end up doing. Right. But he only, so it's it's a real weird double whammy like of it's, it's problems. That, right? I was fine because with the film when that happened, but once it once they got him out, that's when it falls for yeah, me. So. Well, and so once they get him out, like you said, there's all this other stuff we want to do. Yeah. So we have to make this the thing. Right. And she goes to where this like giant reservoir thing that's going to Oh yeah, the dogs. when it gets yeah. when it gets filled enough, they open the gate to the ocean or whatever. And so then we can let him go because uh otherwise I'd have to drive down there. <laughs> right to the other part really? of the ocean. Really cuz like it's 4 days. You're in Baltimore. That that's you're not that, right. Maryland right? is not that far from the actual ocean. <laughs> you are like I could either just sit here for four days or drive for an hour. And we've got a van. And it's like, we, we, right. We've already driven him we from just this facility. Him, we just had him in a van. I know. This sucks. And the <laughs> theory is that we're going to release him in the ocean. Right. If they had a theory that they were going to try and get him somewhere else. Right. And there were problems coordinating the flight to... Back to Central America right, or whatever. The Amazon or whatever. Then, fine. You have to wait like a few days. We've got a lot of you know plates right. in the air to do that. But right. we have to get him to the ocean. Yeah. Just go take him to the ocean. Right. It's right there. You're looking at it. Yeah. And, right. And right. And then it's just really weird. And that only happens so that Michael Shannon has any chance yeah. of catching them because they have to stay there. Right. Because otherwise. Uh, the the problem too with the movie is that Michael Shannon has no way to assume that's what's happening. Right. 
he thinks that it's like the Russians or, you know, right. sent in a strike team and right. they've got like the Israeli whatever <laughs> thing that he found. Yeah. And so he's convinced that it's this. Well, if that's what it is, there's no point even looking. Right. Clearly, he's gone. Gone. It, yeah. It, the Russian strike team did not show up to hide in Baltimore. <laughs> right. For, for days. Days. Yeah. Right. right. That yeah. there's any chance you could ever find him. The fact that they have that he has a conversation with the general about yeah. trying to find him is ridiculous because well, they would not even be looking for him. Threefold. They they wouldn't look for him. They'd assume he's gone. They would look for him with the might of some battalion, you know, or platoon. Like it wouldn't just right, be like right. I'm a five star general. So I'm going to tell you to. I'm going to let you do it because right. this is national security. Right. Like this is because this is there's finding a gate an guard out there. Right? One guy I'm now promoting. <laughs> One guard. <laughs> I mean, this is ET. You found an alien. You right. found something so extraordinary. And I get like. If you start making real sense of the world, then certain things in this world just couldn't exist. Then the exist. fairy tale's not going to work. Right? right. So there has to be a little abracadabra to it. But I was with it for like 90 minutes. Right. And then I started slowly. I didn't not stay with it, but I just started thinking like you're, you're too sophisticated and too smart and you've already established the world to work in a certain way, this wouldn't be this problem. Right. If if you just change a couple breadcrumbs, you can still have the the romance that you want for a night in the ho- in the room, right. and then we've, racing to this thing. Right. We and he'll be on your we've tail. We've got to do you know? something so that she can spend a bunch of time with it. Right. And I'm like, man, figure out something else. I mean, I understand yeah. that you've only got that one set of the one room or whatever. <laughs> right. But it but it needs to be something else, and yeah. it's. You know, it's kind of cool looking and there's um Yeah. There's other things too in the movie, like uh her friend next door. Yeah. Who's an he's artist. Great. Who's an artist. Yeah, he, Richard Jenkins, he is yeah. actually he's really great. He's wonderful in it's the great movie. Seeing him. But there's a lot of stuff in the movie that it almost feels like he had in his contract that he was gonna be on the screen for a certain number of minutes. Right. Because right. all this stuff that happens with yeah. him, even as I'm watching it, I'm like going, this better pay off somehow right. that I have to watch this. And usually right. in a movie, <laughs> in a version of a movie that I would get up there with you at like seven and a half or yeah. somewhere close to eight, in that version of the movie, what would happen is I would it would end and then I would look back at it and go, wait a minute, that didn't do anything. Right, right. But when I'm doing it while I'm watching it, mm-hmm. and and I'm just thinking, what the hell is my watching the ad man and his right, guy right. that is giving him the runaround, and he's got to do the painting again, and none of it means anything or goes right. anywhere. Right. It's all stuff that might as well have been on the cutting room floor. We saw we see him drawing the picture. Yeah. Early on, I'm good. Right. <laughs> That's all you need. And I get... Uh, all I need is that he can forge a thing. I would rather... <laughs> right, right. I would rather have spent the time in him going to get the pie, which is strangely funny when he opens his refrigerator right, later. Right. But when he when he deals with the guy behind the counter and the conflict that they have, that serves the fairy tale because the fairy tale is about, um, you know, people looking for love that are broken or that right. can't get it and the difficulties like i get it he fits in there but i didn't i didn't care about the ad exec stuff that that was all yeah. extraneous and it only adds up to like 
I mean, maybe four and, or five and, minutes. And just but a, four or five minutes of distraction when you're in a rhythm of of something like this engaging when it's working at its best is distracting. Right. You know? and, and it's and it's just this whole like we're uh, trying to have another nail in the coffin of our yeah. general talk, you right, know, about right. like the world. I mean, he's being left behind because it's not as good as a picture. And and to be know, fair, it used to be that these were all paintings right, or whatever. Right. And There's a bit of romanticism that he's trying to sell. Like things right. were better before. There's also an argument that's really weird about the Michael Shannon home scene. Like I don't need to see his family right. and his adult life to know that later when he is aggressive and harassing um, of um, God, what's her name? Uh, Eliza. Uh, I don't need to see all that stuff to know why he prefers silent women. Like I get it, but that whole, like there's or, a few scenes where they're going to school. Crazy. He just needs to come home and sit in the dark, like Leon and the professional. And I buy it. Right. Like I don't need to see him watching TV or telling people to shut up or picking out a car. I mean, Right. All these he, weird things, has, they flesh he out he his has character. a lot of stuff, yeah. He has a lot of uh, these extra scenes. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, like you said, he's got to pick out his car. He has like, that's to a weird... have that car in the first place. Yeah. And 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 he goes home, and all that stuff is like, look how much of a nut he is. Right. And I'm like, dude, you had me at hello. You right. gave me, like, a scene. I saw he was a nut. I yeah. get it. He's a nut. Right. He's, we, uh, and, then, and then after all that... Then he's like, you know, here, this is the guy that I want you to believe will not be nice to this creature. Right, I'm right. like, dude, I knew I, he wasn't going to be nice to that creature. When you go to the bathroom. An hour ago. When you show up in the urinal the way you do, I know what kind of a nut job <laughs> I, you are. And the fact you that are. you're carrying right. a cattle prod, uh, that tells me everything. Right. Forget the moment you walk into the scene and it's just missing lightning and like bad music noises and right, organ right. music. Like I get it. Right. Like you got bug eyes and a tight suit. Like you're the and bad guy. And he's a guy and yeah. you're in a military installation, right? Yeah. With there's MPs walking around all the time. Oh, yeah, there's right, obviously right. scientists yeah. everywhere because we're doing weird things, right? Yeah. But there we see lots of military people. There's yeah. There's lots of actual soldiers there. And we are, you know, full on in the depths of a secret military installation. Right? <laughs> right. None of the people in there like walk around carrying their cattle prod. Right. Uh, all around, all the time. <laughs> one guy. Like, something <laughs> might jump out at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in right. The, uh, you know, he's. So we know who you are. Yeah. You're that guy right. who is still carrying it around. Right. He's, you know, got like. He's like the biggest guy with small man syndrome. Oh, yeah, right. Ever, oh, yeah, whatever, right. Right? I mean, yeah. he's actually a really big guy. He's a tall guy who thinks he's Joe Pesci. And like, yet he's, he's so small. Yeah, yeah, he's so small on the inside, you know. That, Which is funny because Octavia makes a joke about small people, right. you know, in the film. I, okay, you know, there's a few things there. I, I, I almost rewatched the first 20 minutes because it felt like a weird poetry montage in the best way. Like, I love the world building, the, yeah, the introductions, it that is like awesome. so much of it. And when I was watching the first half hour to 45 minutes of this, I went, this is going to be like a nine or a 10 yeah. easy. And, and though it detracts and it slips away, I'm, I'm still like visually in love with it. I love Guillermo del Toro as a guy who, when you see him in interviews and he's talking about something, he always seems so hyper passionate about yeah. something and real like 
just soft and sweet about everything that he's telling. Right, like right. in a way it almost, I almost forgive him for some things cause he distracts himself with like, Oh, this is a love story too. I got to tell this guy's story. I'm like, stay focused, right. you know, but still overall, I still really, really loved the film. It, it was nice to see a Guillermo del Toro film. And I feel like if you like, if you like a Pan's Labyrinth kind of film, you'll love this. Right. If you like Crimson Peak, you're not going to get into this at all because this is too slow in art house. Um, but yeah, I think and it's, I still think there it was, is a lot. I think I, I agree with you for like the first maybe like it's great. five minutes. It's really amazingly it fun. Ten. Yeah. It's. But I could easily see a lot of people watching the first forty-five minutes and leaving, right? Because it's not what they <laughs> and go, think, what the right? Because it's not Pacific Rim by any means. Right. It's not like a fast-paced monster film. It's it's a real subtle. And, and I I loved everything in the beginning that we like did with her establishing yeah. her. Yeah. But only in this movie. Like, there's a lot of stuff right. that happens at the beginning of the movie that if it wasn't in this movie trying to sell me that it's like a fairy tale. Yep. I would say that's horrible. Right. That's right. <laughs> right. But right. in this, it's perfect. It really works. Yeah. But then there comes a point where we sort of like have too many balls in the air at once. And yeah. I don't know exactly how to get where I'm going anymore. And yeah, I'm just going to, you know, I got to do what I can do or. Yeah. And it really kind of lost me. Um, it really lost me. Like I. You know, it was like I all of a sudden, you know, somebody moved the curtain and I could see right. behind right. it. And right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you start seeing the strings a bit. Not really. Yeah, you start seeing it a bit. It's not really working. And it but, tries. And I feel actually strangely. But what I love about it, I still really yeah, love. And right. I love her. She's, She's so amazing. great. She's so great. And Michael Shannon's really good. He is. I feel like everybody's we good. Just, we just could have been a little less. Almost like fairy tale bad guy. It gets yeah. It gets a bit fanciful, and I think instead of going in that realm, staying a bit on track. But it, yeah, it's it's a really fun film to see. I feel like the divide between your six and my eight isn't that big, but it sounds big. You know, there are right, some that are right. like we're really far apart there. But I was I was really pleased with it. I, I've been looking forward to it for a while and being really nervous from the weird trailer that I saw, which didn't give much away. It really just said, from the mind of Guillermo del Toro, here's a lot of underwater stuff. Right. And it looked like, like an alien guy. I don't know and if you ever played like it. You see the creature. Yeah, you the see the creature. Lagoon, it it like, was what? almost like uh, he was filming the the Xbox game Bioshock, you know, for yeah, all the steampunk right, stuff. Right, right. I, you know, one of the things, real quick before we get away, the, the stuff in the beginning, there's a whole world, all this stuff happens in room four. Right. Like, this facility has like 60 rooms, and the guy who's a disposable character, he just talks about this being one of the most amazing assets they've ever had that they're bringing in. And I'm like, what is in the other rooms? Right. <laughs> oh my God, what is and, this and place? Like, it it's is, so amazing it and is interesting. It's funny because they're the It's like the cabin women. in the woods in a weird, like, I'm like, is Bigfoot down the hall? Uh, like, who's, what the and hell? And there's all these rooms, you see all these rooms, they walk by Nobody, other labs everybody's that are the all same nonchalant. as whatever, yeah. right? And so there's something in that lab. Mm -hmm. What's in that lab, right? Right. Right. And it's just so awesome in a way building this story out and building this world that everyone has to have their ID card <laughs> and punch in to right. get into each individual room. Right. But the maids just go everywhere. They go everywhere. Yeah, they got the turnkey. <laughs> and they're like, and I, they're like clean I this room and it's it. like no one cares. Right. <laughs> 
Right. They're like, right. go clean this room. We know you're going to see the thing. Yeah. But you were just cleaning the other room. Right. So what difference does and it make? And that's no weirder than this thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that world that exists parallel to everything we see happening here, but is an entirely different story. And I know there's shit in every single one of those rooms. Right. And I want to see it. <laughs> I want I want Cabin in the Woods lockdown. I want to see that right. thing open up and then just hell come out. Like... All right. Anyway. We, we got to get out of here. We've uh, taken up enough of your time. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, as we said at the beginning, we'll be back next week with a uh, variety Stuff. of awesome yeah. films. And bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. On behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night. <laughs>